My name is Tyler Jewis, and uh, I, got a lot, I got in a lot of trouble last gathering because I forgot to introduce myself, so there it is. I figured maybe we should just introduce everyone. So I'm going to pass the mic down the line as soon as they're ready. <laughs> oh. Hi, I'm Luke Hoy. I'm JP Campbell. Hi, I'm Linda de La Fontaine. I'm Olivia Wilson. I'm Ryan Croner. I'm Kimmy Swanson. Jonna McCarthy. Anna Mazzarello. Mary Buckley. And I'm Tyler again. All right, so um, usually for Senior Sunday, we, uh, we have a few people share testimonies, but ben, uh, ben had a different vision this year. I think he was thinking talk show, TV talk show. And so I'm going to be the MC for this. We're going to go through a few questions. I'll share a little bit. And uh, we'll just let these guys and uh, just share what's on their heart right now. And so uh, I'm just going to give you really quick an introduction to uh, what we've been doing as seniors this year. Um, since last Senior Sunday, uh, we kind of got leadership thrust upon us right away. And that really started in the summer when we go on our senior road trip, which is this really neat thing where Ben takes you wherever he wants to go. Like we went to uh, his school, UC Santa Barbara. We went to... The play, his first place where Katie and Kim kissed, and uh, we went to uh, his favorite theme park so we could ride his favorite roller coaster. And uh, that was really the time when we all started bonding and uh, really kind of figured out what we wanted to do as a senior class and figured out how we could make this youth group a better place. And so every Wednesday night, we, we had normal youth group, and we, uh, we just tried to carry out what we said we were going to do and make this youth group the best we could. And every last Sunday of the month, we all met up for senior dinner, and that was just hosted by someone at someone's house. And we would uh, kind of talk about what next year is going to look like, what this year is going to look like, what it means to be a leader, what we're going to do in college, all that stuff. And uh, a few of us started, um, just we just started up doing a Bible study every Monday night, and that's been pretty fun. And uh, I think that as a class, we strayed, stayed pretty strong. We kind of like, you'll see that a lot of classes, they start out pretty strong, and then they might lose, uh, they might just kind of dwindle by the end of the year. So there's, like, only, like, two or three people up here by Senior Sunday. But I think our class ended up uh, almost the same number, which was awesome. And so we're going to start answering questions now. Um, so there's five questions. I'm just going to ask a question and pass it to whoever wants to answer. And so the first question is, what are some of the real challenges you've, that you face being a Christian on your campus? Jonna. Um, oh, get up. Um, well, being a Christian, especially in Marin, is hard. I get um, double takes constantly when I say I'm going to my Bible study or I'm going to church. But um, I think it's really helped me um, with my relationship with God. And I've developed a strong relationship with him, and um, it challenges me every day to keep that relationship with him. And so it's all a big blessing in disguise. Um, <clears throat> being Christian in Marin is tough, but um, it's also really tough because you don't want to completely push away everyone that doesn't have the same beliefs as you. You want to try and keep... Um, you know, friends that maybe don't believe the same thing just because, you know, being a Christian mean you know, you have compassion for others, and if you're just throwing them out, then 
that's completely hypocritical. So um, for me, what's really tough is to um, have friends that go out and party and drink and do stuff like that and then have them know that you don't do that because you've, you've shown it through your lifestyle through or verbally and um, having them kind of not consider you to hang out or go do stuff just because you aren't invo- you don't involve yourself in stuff like that. So having them not invite you to to hang out or be with them or socialize and, and stuff like that, it it uh, kind of can hurt your feelings. So that's something that's really tough with me. Um, so I go to Marin Academy, and you know all those sweeping political and moral and religious generalizations you can sort of make about the Bay Area. Well, Marin Academy is sort of a physical incarnation of all of those generalizations. Um, and I mean, so like other people have said, I mean, you, being surrounded by that is a challenge for your faith, but I think that it's important to have that sort of thing around you all the time because it causes you it causes you to question what you believe and that I think that in turn really strengthens your faith. So I think it's really important to have that. Okay, so being a Christian in life, it just brings a lot of questions. And the one question I'm always asked at school is, what does it mean to be Christian? And you know, the answer is going to be different for everyone. But the answer I always give is to be kind, love everyone, and forgive as much as you can. And really in school, like, I don't have any guy friends that are Christians. And just that, just joking around with them, I, like, is totally fun. But just, I really wish that they were Christian too. I always invite my best friend, Jack Cullen, to come to church. But, you know, the answer is always going to be no. And I know that, but I'm always going to ask and, and in hopes that he'll say yes one day. But really, I think 17-year-olds aren't really open to everything. So I think later in life, like, I think that more people will open up to being a Christian and going to church. Yeah. Thanks, guys. All right, the next question is, uh, how has Marin Covenant helped spur you on in your spiritual life? So you guys get to feel pretty good about this one. And Mary. So, uh, wait, this is number two, right? Okay, um, so <laughs> I just want to make sure I don't start talking in the wrong one. Um, so Marine Covenant uh, this year has been uh, like such a big part of my life, and uh, that started with the youth ministry, uh, with Ben actually inviting me to youth group, and uh, I was like, no, I have soccer practice, and he's like, no, it's cold, come sweaty, and I came sweaty, and no one sat next to me, but it was cool, and uh, uh, finally, uh, you know, I started showering, and uh, they started liking me, so... Um, but the the thing about uh, the thing about it was I uh, coming to youth group was something totally new to me. I mean, I've had a relationship with God all my life, but um, having a fellowship like here is um, is something so special and such a pivotal part of everyone's faith is having um, brothers and sisters in Christ and people that you can lean on. And the youth group has done that for me so much. Um, the people there, the support system is just amazing. And um, I just feel really special to have found everyone here and have this community. So yeah, thank you. Uh, 
Um, so when I started coming to Marine Covenant about a year ago, I had like stopped going to church altogether and I had completely like lost sight of God and, um, coming to Marine Covenant just really created, like Mary said, like a total sense of community, like a sense of fellowship and having a group of people around you that also believe the exact same thing that you believe that are like your age was like completely new to me because at school there's like one other Christian, and um, that's him. So, um, yeah, it was like, it was this total shock that there were like other people in Marin County that believed the same things I did, and having the fellowship and community created this total sense of accountability, and, you know, we keep each other on track, and I never had that before, and that totally changed everything in my faith for me. Um, so me and my family, the Hoys over there, um, we've been going here a while, and, um, I never really had a sense of home until, you know, recent, recently, um, but really this youth group has helped me find that, that place of, like, being at home, away from home, and the people that have really helped me is like Ben and um, Scott Milholland, if he's out there, and Brandon Snyder as well. And um, they've really showed me how to be myself and how to um, live into my own personality instead of trying to, like, pick out things that I like about other people. But as well as these guys, just kind of watching them, like, seeing, you know, their strengths in Christ and and learning from them as well as you out there. Just, you know, I like, you guys are so great, and you, you have so much knowledge just listening to all you guys talk, and so thank you for that. Yeah, kind of like Luke, I just feel like I have the best set of mentors right out here, and uh, also this just awesome place that is a, has been a sanctuary for me. Um, whenever, like, uh, I'm feeling feeling down or whatever, I can always come to Marin Covenant and just feel at home and feel like in my place, somewhere I can be close to God. And that's just been the best. Um, hi, everybody. Um, so I also go to Marin Academy with Kroner over here. Um, and as he mentioned, it can be, oh, interesting. Shout out to the sophomore. Um, and um, it can be really difficult sometimes um, to be kind of the one spokesperson or the one um, voice in the class or um, just in the group that um, is a Christian and has those um, sorts of sort of principles and um, morals. So um, Marin Covenant has been really great. Um, I feel like every time I go um, to house, I, I'm just reinforced and I, I feel so supported with what I believe and I have kind of the strength to go back to school and, and show him up. <laughs> um, and I, I've told a couple of people this before, but, um, when I don't come to youth group, I, I feel a little bit, um, a little lost or, or I just, I start feeling a little bit unhappy, um, and I, I never really know why it is at first until I'm like, wait, I haven't been to house. Like, I need to get there. Um, and so Marine Covenant has been really great and really supportive um, and just a really great 
atmosphere for me. All right, the next question is, what is, significant, what is a significant experience you have had with God over this past year? Mary. So um, this past year has uh, been sort of a benchmark year for me and um, uh, my walk with Christ and just uh, me developing as a Christian. And uh, there's a lot I could tell you, but um, I'm just going to talk about one experience I had actually at camp. Hume Lake, it was my first time at camp. It was so fun. Um, and, uh, you know, everyone always talks about their camp experience. So I was like, oh, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'll do some worship. But I, I didn't think it was going to happen, but it um, totally struck me. One of the the speakers, the main speaker, he talked about uh, awe moments in your life and what puts awe, what you have awe for in your life. And if that's not coming from God, then um, you need to throw it out. And he challenged all of us to look for things in our life that made us go awe. And what came to my mind was on our drive there, there was this um, this hillside. We were it's kind of near Yosemite, and if you've ever been there, it's just beautiful. And as we're driving, there's this this ridge, and it's huge and so much bigger than us, and it was so beautiful, and uh, it just hit me so hard, and I there was no words. I like kind of got choked up almost. It was so beautiful, and I didn't know how to describe it. And as he was asking us to look for a moment like that, that's what came into my mind, and I was like. I realized that, that that can be God. Everything that's so beautiful in your life that you don't have words for it, that that's God in your life, and that's something that I've learned this year. And whether it's, like, the beauty of the, the you know, when you're on your backpacking trip and you're like, what, this view is awesome, and that's it. And also when you you see someone that's just doing something so much out of love and selflessness, that's, that's God, too, working in your life, and that's something I've been able to see. And, um, and yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, this has been a really significant year for me also um, probably the one year in my life that I feel closest to God like ever in my whole life because there's so many decisions and so many things that I was forced to lean on him for because there's nowhere else to go um, and that brought me closer so I'm thankful for this year but the one significant thing for me was at winter camp also um I just literally, like the day before I went to winter camp, I had just gotten back from like some college visits. So I was all overwhelmed. I didn't know what I wanted to do or where I wanted to go. And um, But after one of the night sessions, they gave us some options. We could stay and um, pray with the leader or just spend some time in silence with God or we could go back to our cabins. And so I stayed and um, spend some time in silence and just asking for guidance and peace about the whole situation because I was really confused and really lost because I realized that I had completely forgotten to just trust him because it's that easy. Um, because I know in my heart and from Sunday school, I've been going to church my whole life, you know, you could trust God and I just wasn't doing it because like my life has been, like it's been pretty easy up until now. Like I'm, I'm pretty okay and so I haven't been like forced to like put all of my trust in God. And um, so I was in the chapel and Kate Hoy came and prayed for me. And um, before I left, I'm like, okay, God, I'm going back to my cabin now. But before I leave, like I'm giving this all to you. Like I'm done with it and I'm not gonna worry about it anymore. I'm gonna trust you with this whole decision and where you want me to be. Cause I don't even know where I wanna be. I just want where you want. And so as soon as I, stepped out of the chapel, I immediately felt this sense of peace and comfort, and um, 
it was the first time that I like directly felt a prayer being answered for me. Well, there's something about this winter camp, because mine was at winter camp also um, in February. And um, this year also has been really significant for me. I've had a really hard year with um, friends and family and college and all that stress. And um, I was in chapel. I think it was morning chapel. And um, this Christian band Reveal was playing. And I swear they could turn an atheist to Christianity. They were just like... I mean, I was crying every single time they sang. And I there's this just one experience where they're singing this song called Yahweh. And everyone had their hands in the air. And it just, all of a sudden, I just felt this immediate sense of security and peace. And um, all of a sudden, like, I stopped crying. And I just felt this, I just felt like some someone had my back. And I, I don't know who else that would be than God. And... It was just a really good experience, and I'm glad I got to go to have that. Um, so, as I mentioned before, I'm going to talk about MA again. Um, so, I was kind of in this sort of hard situation of um, being one of the only Christians at my school, um, and so one of my teachers came up to me at the end of my sophomore year, um, and was like, hey, so I see that you're a Christian, like you, you know, you've shown um, your views in class a lot. Um, do you, do you want to lead a club? Do you want to start this new thing? And at first I was like kind of scared, kind of, um, it was kind of an intimidating thing, but I was like, yeah, like I'll do it. Um, and then I realized that like I had no idea where to start. Um, and God just kind of put the pieces together. He um, took, He led me straight to a great faculty member um, that was super helpful, and then to Croner. Um, and uh, yeah, <laughs> um, and the whole way, I just everything just kind of fell into place, and and I just kind of felt like this was probably the first calling I had got from God. Um, it was it was so loud and so clear that um, I definitely couldn't ignore it. Um, and it was it was just one of those um, really special things that happened. Um, and and the club is, is great. We, we found new leaders and um, everything happened, but um, it was a really great way for me to grow in my faith and for him to take something that was really difficult and um, turn it into something um, that would make me grow and um, hopefully share um, my faith with other people at the school. Thanks. Um, next question is, what is something difficult God has turned for good? Kimmy. Um, well, this year was very stressful in that I got rejected from 10 of the 12 colleges I applied to, and the other two were waitlisted. Um, and I just remember it was pretty much all happened within 17 days, maybe. Um, and I remember sitting in my, in my car in the parking lot at Northgate, and I had just been rejected from a school I really, really liked, Scripps Women's College. And 
I was talking to um, a friend of mine, and I was just kind of complaining and really hurt and injured, and I didn't understand what was going on, and I didn't know what I was going to, I was going to do in the fall. And, um, and she's like, you know, it's going to be okay, and you're going to work everything out. And I get off the phone, and I, I check my mail, my email, and uh, it was like, you have an email from NYU, Tisch School of the Arts. And I was like, I do not want to read this right now. And, um, and I opened it up, and it said, you have been waitlisted for admission to NYU. And immediately I knew that that was God in my life being like, and I was like, okay, you're right, God does have my back. Because I, I, didn't, I didn't think he did, but I knew he did. I knew the whole time I knew that God had a plan for me and that he did have a vision for me. I just wasn't seeing it. And now reflecting back on that time in my life, um, I'm actually really, really glad it happened because the other 10 schools I got rejected from, I got rejected from for a biology major, which uh, I, I learned um, is not actually the right fit for me because I probably cannot do organic chemistry. Um, and now I'm really excited because I'm going to be attending Chapman in the fall with Olivia. And yeah, I'm really excited about that. All right, JP. Thanks, Tyler. Okay, so something that's good that's happened to my life is something big. Uh, it's, I'm going to tell you about my past, and I'm not asking for sympathy. I'm just asking to show you guys that there really is a God out there, and he's got all of our backs. So I was born in Guatemala City, Guatemala, 1994. And from the day I was born, I was abandoned on the streets of Guatemala City as an infant. And luckily, a good Samaritan picked me up and took me to the orphanage. And at the orphanage, there's tons of kids who have also probably been left, or just the parents can't take care of them because it's uh, not a thriving country, and just by two months of age, I was on a plane to Los Gatos, California, and just God has, like, touched, like, my life so many times, and I'm sure he's touched all your lives, but just that, like, from all those kids in the orphanage and my adoptive mother never seeing me and just being chosen as the kid to go to the U.S. is just, like, amazing, and um, so I grew up in Los Gatos, California, and um, at first, I mean, I felt normal until, like, end of elementary school, and I started, I was being neglected at home. I wasn't being fed. I wasn't being treated like a, how a son should be, and by the first day of eighth grade, my life changed when um, I'm throwing crayons in second period, and um, the police show up at school, and they're taking me away because my mother didn't want to take care of me and made up a lie about um, being having an assault charge and just just that day, like, I didn't realize, like, really what was going on, and, I mean, not so later on in my life did I really understand that, that she really didn't want to take care of me, and she had, and then she gave me up, and so I was told three hours in juvenile hall, they, the police would figure it out, they didn't really understand, like, why I was going to juvenile hall, I was this skinny, and, like, I didn't look very threatening, but um, that three hours turned into four months, and Really, I cried the first two days, and after that, um, I had a good roommate, and he told me that I need to stop crying, I need to, like, tough it out, like, you can't, like, cry every day here, because there's people that 
have burned houses, killed, raped girls. There's there's people that really are are sinning, and I can't uh, uh, not stand up for myself in juvie. So after four months, um, I was released to go to St. Vincent's. It's I don't know if it's that way or that way, but I think it's that way. But yeah, St. Vincent's, and I lived there for a year and a half, and really I just learned to mature and follow rules, and they, the staff there saw that, and they really didn't understand why I was there, and to this day they still don't know why, but really like I moved out after a year and a half to a foster family here in Marin, and I'm very fortunate about that, and they've really stepped up and given me a home and a place to be, and look where I am today, standing in front of all of you guys talking about it, so... Really, there's, there's a Jesus out there. I'm not, I'm not done, Tyler. Okay. So really quickly, I'd just like to uh, say a few names, just people who have really stepped up in my life. There's many of them, and for the first person, uh, Guy Valenzona, he was standing over there. He's just a new member of our church. He really has stepped up and been a father figure to me, and um, just he takes me out to work on my football and basketball skills. He, we go get Rite Aid, Rite Aid ice cream. It's really awesome. <laughs> I also have a girlfriend, Mary Buckley, over there. She has really, she's really a joy to have, and just God has really put her in my life, and we just communicate and just show the love in our relationship that Jesus has for everyone. Also, Ben Kearns over there. We have a, a great relationship. I wish it happened sooner, and um, running at 6 a.m. with my eyes half closed, it's just having our great talks. He's really stepped up, and I really aspire to be like him. And then Luke, um, from the first moment I met him, I just knew that this is the guy, this is a great guy to, that Jesus put in my life. And he's just really understanding, energetic, and he works at Old Navy. And <laughs> I enjoy his personality and enjoy talking to him any day of the week. I'm glad he's in my life, so thank you for that, Luke. And so, yeah, that's it. Thank you. Thanks, guys. All right, so if you've been here at all pretty recently, uh, we're going through First Timothy in our new, uh, our new talks. And um, we're, uh, as a senior class, we were looking at First Timothy 1, 15 through 17, and we're going to talk about that up here. So I'm going to read that for you right now. Uh, the saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the foremost. But I received mercy for this reason, that in me, as the foremost, Jesus Christ might display his perfect patience as an example to those who were to believe in him for eternal life. To the king of ages, immortal, invisible, uh, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. And so when I, uh, when I read this the first time, what I really thought about was that uh, God can use us in ways that we never even thought were possible. Like uh, Paul didn't know he was going to be one of, the pillar of the church, one of the pillars of the churches when he was walking to Damascus and suddenly got struck blind by God. And uh, I have a similar but not so incredible story. Um, so when I moved here, I was kind of like this shy, uh, I was going into freshman year, I was shy, like background kid. I uh, went to church a little bit. I said, I was thinking this is like a fun place to be. Maybe I can uh, hang out here once a week or twice a week. And uh, I never really kind of expected to get a leadership role ever. And so, like freshman year, we had this awesome group of seniors. Sophomore year, same story. Junior year, same story. And all of a sudden, senior year, we didn't have this group of seniors above us. And all of a sudden, we were the seniors. And we had to, we had to be leaders ourselves. And so 
um, every every Sunday, this is about halfway through senior year, like every Sunday, every Wednesday, whenever we were looking for prayer requests, we all talked about uh, how we wanted more fellowship. And uh, every every time like we asked for prayer requests, like, I need more fellowship, I need someone to talk to my, about my, my faith, I need to be with you guys more. And so uh, I got to thinking, like, no one's going to make this for us, maybe we need to do this ourselves. And so uh, I started up the Manly Mecca, if you've heard of us. We're a... Uh, <laughs> we try and figure out um, just what's uh, what it means to be a man of God, and we do stuff like play football and watch Dumb and Dumber on a Friday night. And uh, <laughs> um, and so, like, all of a sudden, I was in this leadership role that was just awesome. And like, I never would have been there without God. And like, we started up this uh, new uh, call or a like a upperclassman Bible study, we call it. And uh, I was. I was leading that too, and like, all of a sudden, I was this leader of all these things, and like, I would never be there without God. And uh, so, I just want to encourage you that God can do things in your life that you never even thought were possible, uh, and use them to glorify His kingdom in amazing ways. Thanks. Um. So for me, this passage just showed me um, about God's character. Show me mercy, patience, and forgiveness. Um, It's all God's character. And something this year, there's just that he showed me this is, um, there's just this little part of my life that's kind of back in the back corner that was not pleasing to him. And um, he kept knocking on my heart and telling me to change and obey him. And like, you need to fix this. And I kept ignoring him. Like, I ignored him for months. And um, he was persistent and didn't give up. And I had talked to Kitty Kearns and told her what was going on, and she's like, yeah, he's not going to give up. He's going to keep bugging you about it. And I was like, okay. So I had to change and fix that part of my life and clean it up, and um, God rewarded me because I obeyed him. He changed my heart, and that part of my life is um, reflecting him, and it matches all the other parts, so I didn't have this one compartment that wasn't, you know, lining up with all the others, and um. He showed me mercy for forgiving me and had patience with me when I was ignoring him and didn't want to obey him, and um, so I'm thankful for that. Okay, before I say anything else, we want to give a shout-out to Ellis Tran. We see you over there. Hi, Ellis. Sorry. Okay, um... So what this verse meant to me was um, the first thing that I thought of was like how gracious God is because no matter how many times we like run away from him or we stray away and we live in a way that he doesn't exactly love, he's always going to be there with open arms to welcome us back. And like for me, my junior year, I found God my sophomore year and I really just made my faith my own. And then my junior year, I just I, I don't know what happened to me, but I just became a completely different person, and I stopped coming to church, and God still welcomed me back, and that's the best thing, is that he always loves us. So. Um, okay, I don't actually have a lot of new stuff to add to that, because those were also good, but um, yeah, so I think what really struck me about this verse was... um. 
how it talks about how we all have an inherently sinful nature, and I think the difference between God and people is that while people are not, they aren't always completely willing to look past your faults, God always is. He doesn't judge you, and he just takes you for who you are. He asks you to change your ways, but he doesn't ever, like, cast you away because you're doing something wrong, which I think is really incredible. So, yeah. Thanks, Brian. Um, man, aren't these guys amazing? They are. I, uh, it's so fun to, uh, that the passage of Timothy that we're on for Senior Sunday is, you know, I'm the worst of sinners and, and all that kind of good stuff. But I think what's so amazing about our seniors and about you guys specifically is that you are so gracious and kind uh, to each other. You've all had crazy years. You've had crazy four years and high school has not been easy, and the amount of grace that you've shown for one another for all the chaos and peaks and valleys, I think you exemplify that passage of Scripture, and I'm so thankful that we're part of a church that allows space, man, that the life is incredibly challenging, and we goof up, and we screw up, and um, Paul was the chief of sinners, Ryan was second to that, and then all of us are in there somewhere, Um, but that in that, right, that Jesus grabs a hold of us, and forgives us, and cleans us up, and changes us, and uh, we start back at the front of the race again. And I love that this passage of Scripture, it's so easy to get hung up on, right? Man, I'm the chief of sinners, but God who saves me. But it ends with this. Now to the King, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. And your testimonies, your life of faith, the changed lives that God has done in you through His Holy Spirit allows us as the church to give glory to God. And so we are thankful for you and we're thankful for you sharing your heart with us. So thank you for that. Um, but it's not, just, um, it's not just your testimonies. It's not just, man, you were this and now you're this. But that you are part of this long history. Just like you said, Ty, when you were a freshman, there's this great group of seniors. And when you're a sophomore, there's a great group of seniors. And how cool you get to be that great group of seniors for those guys over there. Next year you're gone, it'll be a new group of seniors. But the deal with student ministry, and I think in life in general, is right that we are just in this moment in this time, and there's so many people who pour into us. Marin Covenant Church is a great church, and we've had an opportunity to pour into a lot of your lives, but Young Life has been an amazing part of JP's life, our friends, our family, um, little brothers and sisters and grandparents, and we want to remember that God is at work in so many different ways. He grabs a hold of us, and uh, and then we move on, and a new group happens, and so we want to uh, celebrate that that marker, that we're in that transition, and all the people that have been a part of your faith development and the future people that are going to be a part of your faith development. And, uh, and that causes us to give honor and glory to God. And the last part is the part that's harder to give honor and glory to God as a youth pastor and as for your parents. And that's this trust that we are sending you out of here. This is your last Sunday as like the kids of Marine Covenant Church, part of the youth group. Um, I don't call you and pester you anymore and wonder where you've been at youth group anymore. Like you are young women and men. Your faith is your own. Your choices are your choices. And, uh, and we as a church and as your parents sit back and go, oh, what's next? And, um, and how cool that God is the author and perfecter of your faith. He's going to be before you and behind you in all of the chaos and sanity that's going to be, that's going to mark your next few years. And uh, we, uh, as we trust God with them, as we trust God with, our ki- with all of our kids, that uh, that also causes us to give all honor and glory to God, both now and forever and ever. Amen.